So that really has allowed us to pivot who our target audience is. So I would say, figure out who you are, identify your target audience and really humanize them. So there are, like I said, there are tons of templates on this online where you really identify that person so they feel real to you. I think that's a really important part of it. Like if I say, you know, a woman, 35 to 42 living in the Midwest. I mean, that doesn't really tell me a lot that, you know, there are a lot of people that, that would fit those, those boxes. So I would say you need to go really deep on them. Hi, my name is Caitlin Pyatt. I'm a professionally certified marketer, and this is the Start Marketing Podcast, where small business owners can find authentic, accessible, and actionable marketing advice to help them grow and scale their businesses. I've worked in marketing for over 13 years, and it's an industry I genuinely love and a craft I believe can revolutionize and propel businesses to unimaginable growth. I'm the director of marketing at a startup, I run the Start Marketing community, and of course, I host this podcast. But I'm also a wife, a mom of three, and my house is generally always chaotic. I like learning about marketing, talking about it, and this is my favorite place to share my love of marketing. If you can't tell, I'm kind of a nerd about it. So I hope you're ready to soak it all in and start marketing. Hey, Start Marketing listeners, welcome back. Today, we're, we've got Kristen Graham-Brown back from last week, and we're going to be talking about the how of branding, how to actually take action, how to focus on your brand so that it can improve your marketing strategy, your company culture, make you more efficient, and really just be more confident in all of the steps that you're taking within your business. So how can you, when you've got limited resources, how can you actually do that, right? I think that's everybody's burning question when you are a small business. So lucky for you, Kristen has those answers. She's back with us today to break it down. And Kristen, if you if you don't recall, Kristen is the owner and chief creative officer at Hoot Design Company. After working in advertising in Chicago, Kristen started Hoot as a custom paper and design shop. 11 years later, it's a boutique branding agency with 14 employees and a home in a newly renovated building Kristen and her husband purchased at the end of 2020. Hoot specializes in full scope branding, which starts from the inside out. It includes culture and every touch point someone has with the brand. They specialize in the hospitality industry where customer service and brand experience are a essential to success. So Kristen, welcome back. Thank you for having me. All right. So I think, of course, sorry, I was already on to like, I'm so excited for the second <laughs> half of this conversation. Of course, I am excited to have you back. So I think the first question that comes to mind when it comes to creating a brand or even refreshing a brand, maybe for someone who's who has dabbled in it previously, is where do I start? Yes. Okay. I love this question. So I would say based on, you know, what we spoke about in the last episode, I would say that it does start with that deep dive about who you are. Um, and not that like, like we spoke about last time as well, that can evolve just like we as people evolve over time. Um, I'm certainly not the person I was in 2010 when I started this and the business has definitely evolved, but I do think that you need to dig into that 
from the get-go to find that clarity. Now, when we approach this with our clients, we bring in an organizational psychologist, which I think is a really unique point of difference for us because the, the conversations, like I loved that word excavating that you used. And I think that that is so powerful because it really honestly can be almost a therapeutic environment sometimes. And especially with partners, sometimes it's even spousal partners who own a business. It can get uh, complicated enough that we have felt that we were in over our heads. And so we, we actually do bring in a professional and we feel like it, it harnesses such better information. Like the truth that comes from those discovery sessions are way more powerful because we are using an organizational psychologist. So I would say like Brene Brown has some incredible resources on this. She has a values workshop that you could walk through. She has like PDFs and downloads that you can use for free. Um, I would start with some of those resources. And if you, if you're still struggling, I do think it's worth engaging with a counselor because this is a really serious thing that you're doing. And you're, you know, if you're thinking like, oh, I don't want to spend a hundred bucks to talk to a counselor. Well, I can tell you're going to waste a lot more money down the road. Um, wasting money, spinning your wheels if you don't know who you are as a as a leader and as a business. Um, and there are a lot of therapists, you know, I my therapist is an I work with a coach. I actually work with an organizational psychologist, a coach and a therapist, but my therapist has an MBA. And there are lots of therapists out there who have business experience um, or coaches, you know, that you could work with. So I would say, you know, Start there. I think you cannot gloss over the identifying who you are part. And then I think where brand really becomes magical is when we bring together who you are with who your target audience is. So obviously you don't have a viable business if you don't have a target audience. So it's not just about who you are. It's also who you're for. And once you identify who you are for, you can truly start to craft that brand magic that connects those two things in a way that creates raving fans, you know, creates brand loyalists who are your ride or die people. Um, and that's, I think it's very doable when you know who you are and you know who you're targeting. Absolutely. Because when you, when you know those two things, you can find, you find the similarities, you find the commonalities, the shared experiences that you can speak to and, and you can speak to those in the marketing that you create. So when you talk about things and you post on social or when you, if you do paid advertising, whatever form of marketing it is you choose to do, when you have those shared experiences, those shared stories, interests, whatever that you know you've done because you've done the work to find your kind of mm -hmm. heart and spirit and understand yourself and then understand your target audience, that's how you create messaging that resonates. It's because someone sees it and they go, oh my gosh, yes, yes. Yeah, like, they're I, like me. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'll use an example. My favorite, one of my favorite networking groups is Hey Mama, which I think actually is that where we originally connected, yes. I think, is way back in the day. Um, but Hey Mama is one of my favorite networking groups. And their their tagline is the juggle is real. And I was I saw an ad from Hey Mama on social media inviting me to join or experience a free networking event with them. And when I read that, and then I went to their website and I'm like, who are you? Like, they have, you know, they're talking about moms who are 
just trying to juggle everything. They're juggling careers. They're juggling families. They're juggling spouses. Like the juggle is real. And they were like, we want to connect you all to each other. And we want to create an environment where you can leverage each other and help each other grow. And that right there, that shared experience, that right was what attracted me and was like, yes, I yeah, absolutely I'll show up to this random free right. networking event that right. you sent me on social media. Why That's not? Right. This is for me. Exactly. I mean, that's such a great example. Yeah. So, okay. If I'm making a list, if I'm thinking to myself, all right, I have some work to do here and I'm making a list of, let's call, let's call the things, right? The, the things that I need to, to create a brand. And I'm putting air quotes around that because, that nobody else can see. But what what should be on that list when I go through that discovery process and that excavation process, what should be on my list so that I can do the work to make my brand feel like it's top-notch, even if I can't outsource that right now? Yes. Okay. So I would start with that figuring out who you are and identifying your audience. There are so many free templates on this that walk you through. You know, We used to have them on our site. We don't do as much of that anymore because we're not as... I wouldn't say... Well, I think this is a really great illustration of what we're talking about. We used to target solopreneurs. We all the time talked about how we're targeting solopreneurs and we had tons of resources on our website for those people. And they really are the ones that helped us take off, you know, and then you get to a point where now we have enough staff. We actually can't work with solopreneurs anymore because it's too expensive. Um, We have become too expensive. It's too expensive to run this place, to do brands at a cost that's affordable for a solopreneur most of the time. So, um, so that really has allowed us to pivot who our target audience is. So, I would say figure out who you are, identify your target audience and really humanize them. So there are, like I said, there are tons of templates on this online where you really identify that person. So they feel real to you. I think that's a really important part of it. Like if I say, you know, a woman 35 to 42 living in the Midwest, I mean, that doesn't really tell me a lot that, you know, there are a lot of people that, that would fit those those boxes. So I would say you need to go really deep on them so that when, and we even name ours too. So like ours, we named our, our target market that we were working off of for a really long time, Andrea Fumero. I mean, this is a completely fake person, but when we say, would Andrea like this? Our whole team knows what that means. So when we're deciding, are we going to be on a pod, you know, do we want to be on a podcast? Do we want to put an ad on a podcast and actually spend money on it? Is it the type of podcast that Andrea would listen to? And these are the discussions that are, they happen much easier for us um, when we know who we're talking about. And especially for a small business, that is critical. I also think it's, I do want to call out one difference here. There's a brand advocate is what we call them. And they're like your brand North star. So for us, that's a woman named Andrea Fumero. Now that doesn't mean that we don't market to different demographics sometimes, or I wouldn't recommend another business putting money behind a different demographic, but the brand has to have a North star so that the decisions that we make as a brand, as a business, what kind of products we're going to offer big global decisions are driven by this one target. And that's essential to creating, you know, this this checklist of what you need to get a brand. I would also say, now this is easy for me to say, because my I started as a designer and an art director. 
and obviously I'm, I'm still our creative director. I really do think design is the silent ambassador of your brand. I sadly, I did not make that up. I heard it somewhere. <laughs> it's like so beautiful, but brand or design is the silent ambassador of your brand. And I really do think that it is such a competitive marketplace right now that for a lot of brands that are trying to be resilient and build brand loyalty, you really do need professional design. And there are so many great resources for that, like Fiverr. You know, obviously I'm not recommending our clients go use Fiverr, but if you don't have a lot of resources, the last time I checked, you can get a fabulous brand, you know, logo. I'm not brand, incorrect use of the word brand, but some visual identity for one to 300 bucks. And especially if you have done all this work up front about who you are and who your target market is, you're going to be able to write a pretty darn good creative brief for those people all over the world to um, create visuals for you. Some of those people are extremely talented. Um, you know, obviously I don't think that's the way of the future for design because that's certainly a lot lower price point than our team could ever offer but you do need to get it done. And I would not recommend that you use, you know, your cousin's, the brother's neighbor who dabbled in graphic design when he was in seventh grade, because that does show, you know, that, that level of professionalism erodes the trust that someone, even if it's subconscious, even if as you're the person viewing that doesn't know why they're suspect of your business, a lot of times that is because the design is so unprofessional and it's a very subconscious interaction going on. Oh, and then lastly, I would just say trying to identify the voice is a is an important part too. I think that those it goes hand in hand with your visuals. Often that's a little bit easier for people because we all verbally and we communicate verbally and in written form all the time. Um, so we sometimes feel more accustomed to speaking on behalf of your brand, especially if it's a small business and it's owner led. Mm -hmm. um, I do think those things need to be defined at some point as you scale. But in the beginning, it can be the voice of the owner. Yeah, that's. I think those are really great points, and you touched on you touched on a lot of things within the brand. And I know we I know we hammered home why brand is really important last week. But when you think about how to take some of that stuff and put it into play, you do have to think about it as a trust building exercise. So that level of professionalism has to has to be there. You know, you can I'm I'm going to use my my lovely wonderful neighbor. She's she's a registered RN. She has worked in um like the cosmetic surgery industry for a very long time and she recently branched out on her own and she started her own business doing botox and different, you know, I this is super foreign to me. So, I am only butchering it because I know zero things about this industry. But she, you know, it is, it is a certain clientele that seeks that, that type of Perfect. procedure out, yeah. type of procedure out. And she was very focused throughout the entire process. I got to have like, you know, this nice little observation of her building this. And she went through and she was so diligent about like the space that she created and, you know, does it feel clean? Does it feel all of, you know, 
does it feel safe? Are people going to want to come here and do these types of things? You know, yeah, she's not like rolling up in a van, like hop on in, hop on in, let me do this on, you know, let me do this for you. Um, You know, and when she talks about her, talks about her business, she really focuses on, you know, her experience and what she brings to the table, why it's really important for this. But what I was really excited to see is that she invested in, to your point, she invested in having professional headshots taken. She had professional design, you know, a logo designed and some graphic things. It's it's not a ton, right? It's it's a starter it's kind of a starting place. Right. But, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was, it was absolutely critical to building that trust. And so utilizing those resources and figuring out, you know, who am I? And she knows, she knows that she is kind of an upscale, very sophisticated, very chic lady. And all of that stuff kind of came through. And then she's got, you know, all of this medical knowledge that she's pulling out and she is showcasing and she knows exactly who she's talking to. And then she invested in the things she knew she needed in order for them to take her seriously because you have to build that trust. If she just hopped into Canva and like put together her own stuff, you know, it might end up okay. Yes. I was going to say a good example of, you know, not knowing anything about this person. It's possible that she is her target market. I think it's really challenging. You know, one of the earlier clients I worked with, I love telling this story. It was this man, he was, he's an incredible business owner and he owned a carpet cleaning business here. And he was probably 45 at the time, something like that. And he, you know, is, who do you think orders carpet cleaning? not 45 year old men. So the brand was built completely for, for him, you know, before he really dug into who his target market was before he had that awareness, it was built for him. So it was, it was inspired by the Mizzou tigers. That's where we're located. Um, and, and not that that's a problem, but again, it's just a complete lack of awareness around who's actually picking up the phone to call about carpet cleaning. Um, it's not a 45 year old man. So he really had to assess who he was for and how he should be messaging himself, you know, and it's really challenging when the owner's not the target because they, they might not relate all the more reason I think to, um, to bring on an outside expert that does Mm -hmm. not have to be that expensive. I mean, you can go anywhere in the world right now and work with someone online and Mm -hmm. it can be extremely affordable. I just would not neglect that. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you were just saying, or you said it earlier too, when you go to, if you're going to go to Fiverr and you're going to have somebody build out a graphic identity, because that is a critical part of making your brand feel really top-notch. The key to those graphic identities being really successful is having that excavation process that you were talking about done. So taking the time to think about who am I as a person? What do I value? What, who, who is my target audience? How do I humanize them? What's their story? And sometimes what I'll do is I will literally just write a paragraph and I'll be like, what's their deal? And I just kind of go through and I, I think through what my target audience is experiencing experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is, what is their experience? What do they, what are they energized by? What trips them up? What are they 
what are they maybe skeptical of? And I just Mm -hmm. kind of go through and I'm like, okay, here's, here's what they're thinking. Here's their mindset. That's a great way to summarize it. What's the mindset of these people? And handing those things over to a Fiverr designer is going to guarantee that you get way better results than being like, I do Botox. And so can you just create a Botox logo for me? Well, and I think that's a great point. That really speaks to like, I absolutely despise when people say, I'll know it when I see it. Because what that is saying is I take no responsibility. This is not a partnership. You're a vendor executing for me. Throw a bunch of shit up against the wall and we'll see if anything sticks. And that is not intentional. That's not conscious. Um, it's, it's not smart and it's not a partnership. You know, even if you're going to Fiverr, which is extremely affordable, you want to see these people as partners walking alongside you to build this visual identity, not, you know, someone that you're just going to look at 300 examples and surely you'll find one that you like. I have seen people, I have worked with people in the, especially in the early days, literally go through. 200 logos that they did not and nothing resonated. And it's like, there's a problem here and it's you. It's not 200 other people who have executed this incorrectly. So you have to, as a business owner, take some responsibility for this process um, and, and don't, you know, really do this intentionally and know who you're targeting so that you can make those decisions quickly and with confidence. Absolutely. All right, Start Marketers, we're going to pause here for one second. Don't forget, you can join the Start Marketing community and get exclusive access to guests like Kristen from the Start Marketing podcast. Simply go to getauthenticbranding.com slash startmarketing to join. There is a link in the show notes for you. All right. So now that I have taken the time to think about my brand and bringing it to life, How do I, when I start making these changes, if it's just me, that's pretty easy, right? Like, hopefully I'm going to get on board with the brand that I create for myself. But if I am someone, if I'm a small business and I've got one or two or a handful of employees, how do I start weaving the refresh and the changes into like my current messaging and my current culture so that everybody kind of comes along for the ride? Yes, I love that question. I do think that that is a challenge and it's it's not something that should be overlooked. The something that we believe in really uh, emphatically is the power of moments. And there's actually a book, um, I think it's Chip and Dan Heath or some two brothers, I think who wrote this, the Power of Moments book. We read that as an office and we've really tried to implement it with our clients because you do not want to pass over, you don't want to, Um, let that moment pass without really harnessing the power of it to, to show people a before and an after. So with your team, I would highly recommend having an event, whether you have a three person team or a 40, you know, 200 person team, you should have an event that marks this moment in time where you are rolling out new information. And I think that what goes the longest with employees, in my experience, is that it feels very personalized. It feels like time and attention to detail went into this event. We're not just going to a happy hour, drinking some beers, and and me talking at you. Um, one, when we did a little bit 
of a pivot, which we've done many over the years. So I can really speak to this. <laughs> we did, we surprised our team by um, putting a little riddle on their desk in the morning. And so it was a total surprise for them when they um, showed up, there was a riddle on their desk and they were asked to show up at this location at 2 p.m. So they had no idea to expect it. And at 2 p.m., they showed up at the location and we did a presentation. We basically had a party and a presentation for them all around this new direction we were going in. Um, we also were able to announce at that event, every single one of them was receiving a raise. You know, it was a very, we had a gift on their, you know, place for them that was now something that, that's tangible that they carry with them that reminds them of that event. So these are moments that you do not want to let pass by. And we love, I actually, a, a big part of what we help clients do is effectively messaging those moments. So how do we do an internal brand launch as well as an external brand launch, whether it's a rebrand or a new brand, because the if the internal team is not bought in, it's not going to work. I can promise you that. So don't disregard that as a something that doesn't matter. Of course, they'll get in line because they need a job. Those days are over. Honestly, those days are very over. So there, it is an employee's market right now, and they can go to a lot of other places that are pouring time and energy into their experience as an employee. Um, and they don't have to stay there for you and work for you anymore. So do not pass over those, um, you know, that first brand advocate, honestly, which is your employee. I think that's great advice. I read something and I'm not going to know who this quote came from because I don't think the original source did. Um, but I saw it on LinkedIn the other day and it said that a brand refresh or a rebrand should be a sign of change, not just a change of a sign. Oh, that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. And I, I love that. Yeah. And I think that I think that's a great way to kind of like summarize what you're talking about there. Like you have the opportunity to bring your your initial advocates. And again, going back to our first conversation, you can do it intentionally or you can let somebody else do it for you. And make no mistake, in an employee's market. They, they can easily make that for you and it may not be what you want it to be. So if you can personalize it and you can bring people along through the change and help them understand and say, here's why we're doing this and here's what we hope to do. And, you know, here, go through going back to kind of the, that list of things that you talked about, you know, take them through that, talk them through, here's what I think we stand for and get, you know, even as you're going through that process, you can ask for feedback on that. Um, you can, those people are the ones who talk to your customers the most often potentially, what are they hearing? What are they seeing? How can you incorporate that into who you are and how can you leverage it the best? And then, you know, just talk them through the process that they went through and help create that buy-in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Again, if you don't do it, they'll do it for you. Yes. And, you know, I can speak to this just as much from my mistakes as I can from, you know, positive experiences. But for example, with, with our team, we've had core values since like, I mean, six or around 16 or 17, the same core values. Um, and we had a much smaller team then probably six people or something, but I never operationalized them. I never said this is what, so our values are joy, candor, and collaboration. 
but I was never, I never wrote out in a list for them. This is what joy looks like here. This is what candor looks like here. This is what candor is. And this is what candor is not. And finally, we've done that. And I also recommend to our clients when we go through this process with them to operationalize their values, which builds that culture and builds a branded culture, um, is to limit that to like three, you know, for the Mac, you can't have a list of 18 ways that you're operationalizing one value because it's too much for people. So really hone in on three ways that you are going to operationalize that one value. And, you know, we're, we're going to be rating people on a scale from always to never twice a year. So they will rate themselves and their manager will rate them as well. Um, and it just creates a lot more structure around um, the expectations for what, you know, you don't want those to just feel like, bullshit, pretty much like words up on a wall that mean nothing. Um, you want people to feel like this is authentic to us and it really means something, you know, similar to the, it's not just the change of a sign. I think that's, I, I want to wrap up on this thought because if you are struggling with like, once, once you've done the work, once you've uncovered who you are and who you are talking to, and you've gone through and you, you've got your graphic identity and all of those things built out, what Kristen is talking about, operationalizing these things, taking the values, the things that you stand for and saying, what does this look like here? What does it not look like? That is how you put your brand into play, right? Because you're going to embody that. So if your value is candor, what does that look like? You know, how are you candid? Does it mean that you don't, you don't mince words and you don't even care how people receive it? (laughs) Or, (laughs) you know, is it that you deliver feedback at the time that it's needed in a tactful and, you know, caring or gracious way, right? Two two ways that candor can play out, right? And one of those shapes your brand and they each shape your brand in very different ways. So if you are thinking, okay, I've done these things, but how do I actually bring it to life? It's thinking through what, how you actually live out those values and, and, literally make a list of what it is and what it is not. And that's going to be how you bring your brand to life. Yes. So well said. All right, Kristen, this has been another great conversation. I am so appreciative of your time and your expertise these past two weeks. So listeners, if you want to connect, Kristen, remind us where they can find you. Yes, you can find us online at hootdesigncompany.com or on Instagram at hootdesigncompany. Awesome. Listeners, I hope you've enjoyed these conversations as much as I have. You know branding is one of my favorite topics and learning how to take it deeper than just the surface level design and thinking through it. It's been such a great conversation and I think it is so critical to kind of taking the overwhelm out of your marketing strategy. So I sincerely hope that you do the things that Kristen and I have talked about today. Get out there and start marketing or in this case, we're going to say start branding. Until next time.